Good morning, and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. If you're ever in Uptown Columbus, we invite you to stop by and say hello. We'd love to see you, have you worship with us. We'll make you feel like family. At First Presbyterian, we are family. Learning together, growing together, worshiping together. Please stand for the call to worship. All praise to you, God our Father, who loves us with an everlasting love. All praise to you, Jesus Christ, who gives us grace without end. All praise to you, Holy Spirit, who brings us together as a fellowship family of faith. All praise to you, Holy Trinity, three in one. Amen. Let us worship God. If we claim that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Let us pray. Rescue us, O God, from sinking in the mire of pretension and guilt. Save us from the deadly grasp of unacknowledged sin. 
Keep us from presuming to judge others when we ourselves need even more to be corrected. We confess now in silence the offenses we recall. Forgive us, we pray, our sins of the flesh, which keep us from life in your spirit. died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. We have a special minute for mission that will be brought to you by Sam Cresswell. Sam is a Columbusite. He's a graduate of Columbus High, and he has completed his first year at CSU. He's studying the Swope School of Music. And Sam is leading music as part of our casual worship service here at First Presbyterian called Ignite at Nine. But it's not going to be Ignite at Nine during the summer because the time is going to be changed. So we changed one letter from an N to a T. It's going to be Ignite at Night, and it's going to be at 6 o'clock. But to communicate this news to you and to invite you to this worship experience at 6 p.m. on Sundays for the rest of this month and through the month of July, uh, Sam has put his musical talents to work. So, Sam, come up and show us what you got. Check. Don't fall asleep on Sunday. You need a little more, should I? Does it take three cups of coffee just to make you feel alive? Well, then this is for you. Ignite and nine has moved. We're on Sunday nights at six, and we should love to see you. Do you want to spend the day on the lake, enjoying the sunburn and wake? You can work on your tan and not have to worry about being late. Well, then this is for you. Ignite and night has moved. We're on Sunday nights at 6. And we sure love to see you. Are you worried about what to wear? Maybe even a little bit scared. But we don't really care. Okay, to some extent. We just want to see you there. This is for you. Ignite and night has moved. 
We're on Sunday nights at 6, and we'd sure love to see you. Sunday nights at 6, and we'd love to see you. This is an incredible group of people who have been leading this worship opportunity for about three years. And this is a trial on Sunday evenings, and um, we want to ask God's blessing upon uh, this worship service that's uh, part of the life of our church and upon this, uh, upon this move. So uh, if, you, if, you, if you sleep late, you've got a chance to come to church uh, in the evening. But let's ask God's blessing upon this effort. Loving God, uh, this is, this is uh, the desire of our heart that we would worship you, whether it's in the chapel at 845 or in the sanctuary at 11 or now at 6 p.m. in the fellowship hall this summer. It is our joy to worship and to serve you. We ask that you would bless all of our offerings of praise. But now, loving God, let your spirit fall afresh on this uh, new and, for some of us, different way of worshiping. Uh, we pray that you'll bless it and that those who gather at, uh, at 6 o'clock on Sundays will feel the presence of your Holy Spirit and uh, that you will call your people to, uh, to come to this worship service, whether they're part of this church or part of this community and looking for this opportunity to know you, to love you, and to serve you. It's our joy to lift up this prayer, knowing that you hear and you answer it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would the children please come forward for the uh, children's service? to learn how to work these things. Okay, let's start over. Good morning. Okay, so what do we have planned tomorrow? Who knows? VBS. I hope all y'all are going to be coming this week. It's going to be so much fun. We even have Mr. Sam that just played the guitar going to help us. We've got a lot of fun songs, fun music, and we are going to learn how to stand strong for God. And we're going to also learn all about God sightings. And there are three P's, the letter P, that go along with God sightings. God teaches us all about being passionate. He teaches us how to be powerful. And he teaches us how he's present in our life. And that's very important. And do you know that I had a God sighting yesterday? We're going to talk about God sightings this week. So I want y'all to be thinking about this before you come tomorrow. And my God sighting that I had yesterday was I had some of our good friends with our sister church, the Good News Ministry friends out of Russia, come up here to the church with us. And we got to go down to the basement. Have you ever been to the basement? Is it so much fun or what? We had the best time. And we recycled. We went down there and we found all sorts of stuff that had been kind of pushed over into the corner, very neatly organized. And we pulled it all out. And with all of the help that we had, we brought it up to the lodge. And believe it or not, our good friends made a puppet stage. And I'm not talking about a little bitty puppet stage. I'm talking about a great big puppet stage. And they have puppets and they have skits and a lot of fun because they are going to spread their puppet ministry with us all week long. So it's going to be a lot of fun and we're really looking forward to it, okay? So that was my God sighting. And a God sighting are the three Ps, okay? So we need to think about 
how God is present, passionate, and powerful in our lives. And we'll let y'all share our God sightings, okay? So if everybody could please bow our heads in three, two, one. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your love and patience with all of us. Allow your love to come to life like never before by touching our lives, changing our hearts, and drawing all of us closer to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. first lesson today comes from Matthew's Gospel in chapter 13. I'll be reading the first nine verses, skipping a middle section, and then picking up again in verse 18. Listen now to the Word of God. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. For when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And then picking up in verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Please be seated.
Once again, those who are able are invited to stand out of respect to God's word as we hear it read from the 13th chapter of Matthew in the first part of the chapter, which you have already heard read. Jesus tells the parable of the sower and the seeds and the soils. And then at the second half of the reading, Jesus explains the parable of the sower and the seeds and the soils. But in this middle section that we are going to hear read at this time, the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him, why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they who have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, that they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. And will you pray with me, please? O living and loving Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be found acceptable, pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock, our strong place, our redeemer, we pray in your powerful, passionate, precious name. Amen. So this summer we are embarking on a sermon series called Kingdom Come. We are looking at Jesus' teachings on the kingdom. We started last week it, earlier in the Gospel of Matthew and we heard Jesus teaching his disciples about praying for the kingdom. The disciples say, teach us how to pray. Jesus said, pray in this manner. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your kingdom come. Thy will be done, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We talked about the kingdom of heaven coming on earth. We're told that we should pray for, work for, having eyes that see, hearts that are passionate for, and lives that reflect this knowledge of what it means to be a subject of the king and to be living into the reality of the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. I told this uh, story about, uh, about a rescue that I saw a couple of weeks ago. A, a jogger stopping unexplainedly until I realized that this jogger was picking up a turtle and moving it from one, the middle of one lane to the other side of the road. Uh, an act of salvation, of rescue, if you will. A small act of kindness and not wanting to overamplify the story, but you know, our faith is made up of even those small yet not insignificant things that we are about and that we display and that we undertake in our lives. For Jesus even says that a cup of cold water extended to someone in the name of Jesus Christ is the gospel incarnate. I would go so far as to say that saving a turtle out of the road in the name of Jesus might be such an act of the gospel. 
you know, it's interesting that just sharing that little story, I was reminded that God has a wonderful sense of humor. Because during the week that followed, this past week, it started Sunday at, at the youth gathering at, at, uh, at, the, at a member's home. We were celebrating with the graduates in the youth program, and, and there, the adults were all around the, the dips and, and the chips and the, and the food, and the kids were out playing. And there was this commotion, and, and the voices started coming into the house, and, and then they came up to him, Pastor Hasty, Pastor Hasty, we found a turtle in the road, and we saved it. They were listening to the sermon. And then, a couple of days later, I got a text on my phone. And, and there was a picture of a turtle. And the company text said, we've lived in our house for 13 and a half years and we have never seen a turtle. There it was. And then, it was on Friday that I got a phone call. I, I missed the call. And it was unusual that this particular couple would be calling me on a Friday afternoon. And so I said, oh my goodness, I better call back and see what's going on. And so I, I, I called them back and they said, Chuck, you'll never believe it. We were leaving the house and we were on our way to so-and-so and such. And we were running late, but we saw a turtle in the road. And ordinarily, we would have gone right past it, hoping not to run over it. But we stopped and we saved that turtle just because of your sermon. And I told these stories at 8.45, and I walked out of this door from the, from the worship service, and I kid you not, within one minute, I met another member and said, hey, how are you doing? And the member launched into a story and said, Chuck, I was in the back of Maple Ridge, and I saw this man in, in rather just bizarre behavior pull off the side of the road in his pickup truck and walk out in the middle of the road. I realized he was saving a turtle. And then I spoke to his wife about two minutes later, and she said, I saved a turtle. This is happening everywhere. We've got this, we've got this Save the Turtles campaign going on at First Presbyterian. I hope God is pleased with us. And God has a wonderful sense of humor. And we need to be careful what kind of stories we tell. I'm glad you're listening. This past week, I was at the home of some friends. They're not members of our church, but they're members of our, our TV uh, uh, congregation. They worship with us via our TV ministry. And I don't know which camera is on right now, or I'd look at them and hope they're tuned in. Okay, these folks may be watching right now, and I'm telling a story about being in your home, and it was dinner time in their home, and they prevailed upon me to stay. I, I was not going to stay until they told me that, that, that the mother of, of the wife of this couple lives just down the road, and that her garden has started to come in, and she brought fresh vegetables to the house, and they had pan-fried some squash and cooked up some fresh string beans, and I said, well, I guess I could stay. <laughs> and, and so I did. It was, it was the first fresh vegetable from the summer season that I'd had. And, and, and I was thinking about this parable that Jesus teaches about a sower and seeds and soil and a bumper harvest and I thought to myself, I need to go visit somebody else in our church that I know has a garden. Some of you know him as Uncle Rennie. And so I got Kyle Moy on our staff, a member of our church who helps with video production and all of that, and he brought a camera. And so under the guise of getting some footage of Rennie's garden and talking to him about why he does this garden and how many people he can feed and all of that, I went home with some fresh vegetables, <laughs> and I cooked them for Jeannie. She said she wanted to go out to eat that night, but I said, look what I've got. So we saved a little money and ate better at home. Now, where am I going with this? Save the tomatoes. No. I'm reminded also of my growing up, as my thoughts go back to living in Athens, Georgia, 
outside of town a little bit with a, with a few acres around the house. And there was a vet who was a member of the church, and he taught at the University of Georgia Veterinary School. And he lived in a neighborhood that had pine trees, and, and the soil wasn't very good. And he said, could I have a garden? And for years, he planted a garden at our house and came and tended and kept it and, and always brought more vegetables to our house than we could ever eat. And then I was looking at what some people have said about gardens, and on the cover of your bulletin, there's some beautiful quotes by some theologians uh, like Louis Grizzard and Dave Barry. And I love what Louis Grizzard says. He says, it's difficult to think anything but pleasant thoughts while eating a homegrown tomato. Can I get an amen? And then Dave Barry talks about this, this prolific nature of zucchini and how it just produces and produces and wants to take over the world. Be careful what you plant sometimes. Nathaniel Hawthorne about the, the beauty and the wonder of a garden and then Jesus' words himself about good soil and yields of a hundredfold, 60 and 30. And here we have in our summer season, beginning of this summer of teachings about the kingdom of God, a parable. And it's important for us to know as we undertake this uh, dive into the teachings of Jesus that Matthew 13 marks a change in Jesus' ministry and his teaching here. Jesus has previously been in the synagogue teaching, and now at Matthew 13, Jesus moves out of the church, out of the synagogue, and by the seashore where we find him in the 13th chapter. The door of the synagogue is closing to Jesus, but he's still open to people, mainly common people now. The leaders are in open opposition, the leaders of the church, and they are watching every Jesus every word that Jesus speaks, they're scrutinizing Jesus. They, they are watching his every action so that they may find something that he says and does and will turn it against him into a charge so that they can bring him to justice. It's a shame that Jesus was banished from the church, but Jesus was not thwarted. He took to the open-air temple. Jesus couldn't be stopped. He couldn't be stopped from bringing the invitation of the good news of God, the good news of grace, the good news of forgiveness, the good news of life that is truly life, the good news of salvation and its precious cost, but its powerful, transforming power. Jesus couldn't be stopped, and he preached in the streets, he preached by the lakeside, he preached in homes around a dinner table, he preached on the seashore. And he comes with a message and will always find a way of sharing that message of God's grace and love, God's desire to be in relationship with God's people. In chapter 13, Jesus began to use the, the full characteristic of parables in his preaching. Previously, Jesus had used similes and talked about uh, his followers being like salt and light. Jesus used images of wise and foolish builders. He used pictures of birds and lilies to speak of God's provisions. He talked of garments and wineskins to illustrate the new thing that God was doing in the world as his kingdom was coming on earth. And now Jesus uses the fully developed, most vivid parable of his teachings in chapter 13. And why did Jesus use this method of teaching? Well, the British scholar William Barclay points out some reasons that parables are effective and why Jesus used them. Barclay says that a parable makes the truth concrete, that most of us think in pictures with, with concrete examples. Think about how difficult it is to describe beauty versus pointing to a flower to illustrate it. Think about the difficulty of 
of trying to define goodness in a person's life versus speaking of a good person or illustrating a good deed. The Word must become flesh, and parables help put flesh on the truth of God's teaching. A parable must be understood, and a picture is something that we can all see and understand. Parables also begin where we are. Parables begin where a person is, and then parables have that ability to transport us to where the teller wants us to be. Jesus said, look, there's a sower. That's right where he was. That's where his congregation was. Barclay also says that parables compel interest because they tell a story and everyone loves a story. It awakens the child within each one of us when somebody starts out saying, once upon a time, and our ears and our hearts become more sensitive. Parables, it has been said, are nothing more than an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Barclay also says that parables are important and were used by Jesus because they enable the listener to discover the truth for oneself. Not our own truth, but the truth with a capital T. Even Jesus Christ himself is discovered in the parables. The parable says, here is a story. A parable says, what is the truth that is in it? Where does this story touch your life? What is in this story for you? And it becomes personal. The parable says, think this out yourself. You know, some things cannot be told. We have to figure some things out ourselves. It's like trying to learn math. I don't do very well when I watch somebody do a problem. But when someone draws alongside me and watches me do the problem, it works out a whole lot better. Parables help us figure things out for ourselves because there's no such thing as second-hand truth. If it is a second-hand truth, that we are given, it remains external, but the parable draws us in and becomes part of the fabric of our lives. It draws us in to do our own thinking. It draws us in to come to those conclusions that are our own. It helps us find the truth revealed, and then it fixes itself in our memories and in our hearts. A parable is aimed at the hearer's life. And the person who is the hearer must be accepting, receptive to that, that story, that truth. You know, it's like trying to tell somebody a joke. If somebody's not ready to laugh, if they are not receptive to the humor and to the joy in it, you're wasting your breath. You can't force a comedian on people. But if people go to laugh and are prepared for that cathartic event, it works so much better. In the same way, we as hearers must be prepared to hear. Jesus says, the one who has ears, let them hear. Who are the hearers? The hearers that are described in the, in the parable that, that we are, are, are given this morning, some hearers have shut minds or closed hearts. Like the first soil that is described. There's no penetration. There's not an opportunity for the seed to, to enter into a fertile environment. And there are many things that can harden our minds and close our hearts and turn them to stone. It can be prejudice or blindness or an unteachable spirit or pride. It can be fear of a new truth. It can be an immoral character in our own lives. 
Many of us will not listen to a truth that we know may condemn us and force us to look at ourselves in an honest way where some change or transformation may need to take place. Sometimes our hearts and our minds are closed. And the truth may be snatched away. The second type of hearer may be those who are like the shallow ground that there seems to be an opportunity for some growth and the plant springs up. There is a chasing after the latest craze. There is, is excitedly going after the, the newest thing. It's like the, the ADD culture that we have, particularly with technology. It's, well, forget about that. It's too slow. It's not modern. I want something more, something more, something more. And there's no stick to itness. I want the latest and the greatest. And when persecution or hardship come, we quit. I remember a professor who was speaking to a group of young Christians in a college setting, and he was the latest, greatest thing on the faculty and was teaching in re religion and philosophy. And, and there is benefit for knowing and studying and appreciating world religions. And he said to that group of students, you must dig many wells. But the comment that, that came back to that professor that seemed to quiet the room was when one said, yes, but sometimes you must dig in one place and dig deeply before you hit water. third kind of hearer may be those who have many interests that crowd life, like the thorny ground. There seems to be some germination and some root being made, but there are so many other things in life that want to crowd and choke and, 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 and inhibit and even kill out what has been offered and planted and received at first. Sometimes our lives are filled with too many things, too many distractions, or pursuit of wealth or prosperity or personal gain. And sometimes in these pursuits to satisfy ourselves, we're too busy to pray, too involved. And sometimes too involved in noble efforts of doing good works, of charitable services, of noble investments. Because it is, it, it, it is, it is sometimes not necessarily the bad things that are dangerous, but the second best is the greatest danger to the best thing in life. One of my friends, singer and songwriter, Alan Levi, has written a song. I may have mentioned it to you before, but the lyrics to the song have stuck with me. And Alan in this song sings, sometimes you've got to give up something good to get something better. And sometimes you have to give up what is better to get the very best. And then there's the good soil, the hearer that represents the good soil. The good soil is the hearer whose heart is open, whose mind is willing and eager. One who is prepared to hear, not too proud, not too hurried, not too busy. The good soil is the hearers whose mind understands and seeks understanding, prays for understanding, and is thoughtful and accepting and anticipating of that understanding. The, the good soil is the, is the heart, is the hearer, that translates then that hearing into good deeds, produces good fruit that is seen in their life. The real hearer is the one who listens, understands, and obeys. The parable that Jesus tells us this morning illustrates even Jesus Christ himself as the sower. And a sower went out to sow, and the sower is throwing seed everywhere in an abundant measure, being very generous with the seed. And what is the seed? The seed is God's word. The truth of the gospel going out almost indiscriminately. And what then is the soil? The soil is our 
hearts. Sometimes our hearts, they seem to be hardened like that soil on the footpath. And it may be something in our lives that has caused us to grow closed off, a death, an illness, a disappointment, a loss. It's caused us to grow hardened to the truth and transforming power of God's Word. Or maybe, maybe sometimes we find our hearts as those who are quickly discouraged. And when persecution and affliction has risen up against us, we have turned our backs. We have quit. Maybe our hearts are those that are worried and we are seeking after our own well-being, after wealth and security, after worldliness, and we are worried. But Jesus speaks a word to his disciples. And this is the word that I believe that Jesus speaks to us today. It's in that center section of his teaching. The disciples say, why do you teach in parables? And Jesus says, I teach in parables because there are some who are not willing to go the distance to hear and receive and understand. But then Jesus says, but it is not so with you. In the 16th verse, Jesus says, blessed are your ears for their hearing. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, blessed are your eyes, they're seeing. Blessed are your hearts, because they are receiving. And that is Jesus' encouragement to you today. Your ears are hearing, despite, despite losses and disappointments. Because it's by the power and the grace of God that he will take your heart that may feel like stone and turn it into a heart of flesh that is receptive again. Blessed are you and your eyes, for you are seeing. And Jesus says, keep praying. Keep believing. Yes, there is suffering, but suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and that hope will not disappoint. Yes, we may be worried. Yes, we may wonder if we will make it, if we will have enough, if our own will be cared for, and we are tempted to pursue other pursuits. But Jesus says, do not be anxious. His word tells us, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. Good morning, they neither, and welcome they to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian. Look at the flowers of the field. Look how they are clothed in glory greater than King Solomon himself. God knows what you need, and he will care for you for you. His word continues to sow his truth into our lives. Keep listening. Keep looking. Keep receiving. Keep believing. Keep bearing good fruit in your lives. There's good soil out there. You are it. And God is using you in amazing ways. Even in the smallest ways, the rescue of a turtle or sharing a few of your homegrown tomatoes. I pray that in these weeks to come, as we see, as we see God's fruit being borne out in our lives, the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, as these fruits are taking root and being born out in your life, I pray that we will share in the bumper crop that 
God's grace is producing in our lives. And that in these weeks to come, we will see more and more as we study these teachings of Jesus, that our hearts are being prepared and God is sowing good seed into our lives and God will bring about growth in our lives. Maybe a harvest of a hundredfold. Maybe 60. Maybe 30. But a harvest to share for God's glory and for the coming of His kingdom on earth. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us affirm our faith using the word of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let us pray. Almighty, gracious, and loving God, our prayers today that we may be solid, steady, and true to core commitments. Almighty God, we pray to be solid, solid in our walk with you. May we study, reflect, and ponder what it means to follow you faithfully. Please give us courage to face our questions, and we pray for the toughness to keep searching for the answers. Gracious God, we pray to be your agents of grace. We pray for steadiness in that service. We pray for those who will be serving this week with Vacation Bible Schools, sharing their lives with these children. We pray for those who give of their time and themselves to others, for all those places where you call us to serve. Loving God, may we stay true to core commitments to one another. We pray for those who travel at this time of year. We pray for those in trying times, those that grieve, that battle illness, or wrestle with strained relationships. We pray for those in transition, facing new stages of the journey, changing seasons of life and those seeking wisdom for critical decisions. We give thanks for all those who have sacrificed for this land, and we pray for strength for those who work hard to preserve it today. And we pray for future blessings that we may bless others. We pray these things in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is good to see you all today. Good to be back after a time of vacation with the family. For those who are worshiping at home, or online, or if you have TiVo'd us and it's late in the afternoon, we greet you too. For those here, I ask you to assign the attendance pads. If you're a first-time guest, please include your address and phone number, pass it back to the point of origin. Be sure and shake one another's hands. Extend that right hand to fellowship following the worship service. Vacation Bible School kicks off next week, and I want to introduce today 
um, our guests, our partners in ministry, members of the Good News Church of Moscow. Would you all please stand up? I'll tell you when to sit down, but you all stand up. Camera, would you please make sure that they are on camera? They're going to be on television throughout Columbus. Uh, we have with us um, Anna Dershina and Evgeny Karimakiev. Uh, we've got his patronym here in the bulletin. Luba Magina, and Luba means love in uh, Russian. I learned that earlier today. Um, Olga Sakalina, uh, Misha's daughter, and then Andrew or Andre Chakalin, uh, Misha's um, son. Uh, Olga was with us in 2008, worked at Vacation Bible School then, and Andre came with a group in 2010 that joined our youth at Triennium. It is wonderful to have them back. They spoke at Sunday school this morning at our combined class for adults, told a little bit more about their stories. Following worship, if you'd love to speak with them down here, feel free to do so. After lunch, they're coming back to work on the Puppet Theater for Vacation Bible School. They're doing some work yesterday afternoon, having just gotten here on Friday uh, from, from Russia. And it's going to be a tremendous treat what they offer in the week this week ahead. Y'all can sit down. <laughs> um, there are other announcements in the bulletin. I commend them to you. Let us now continue our worship of God as we present to God our tithes, our offerings, our gifts, and our very selves. Gracious God, as we bring to you our tithes and offerings and gifts, expand all that comes to this table. Enlarge our vision of what you can do. Extend our abilities to rise up to challenges in front of us. In Jesus' name, amen.
children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, continued by God's grace and favor and the power of of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, continue to live so, work so, sing so, God can use you anytime, anywhere. For your ears are hearing, your eyes are receiving, or seeing, and your hearts are receiving, and your lives bearing fruit. Go, share the good news of the gospel in word and in deed. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.